Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy. I'm excited to be here. and He's I mean, healed. I, he's back. He's healthy. Come on. I was zero. in the trenches, but it was we're, we're back. We're back. And Jermaine, glad to be back with you. Great to be here. And then Hannah, likewise. Hey, it's good to be here. And then today, our student guest is Hattie Scott. What's up, Hattie? Hi. Hattie, what uh, what school do you go to? What do you like to do for fun? Um, I go to J.J. Pierce High School, and I like to hang out with my friends, and I like to bake, and I like Ooh. to play outside, yeah. Okay. You like to bake? I what's do. your like? What's your, like, all your friends are coming over, and they're like, please, Hattie, bake this for us. Mm. What are you baking? Probably going to bake, like, a chocolate cake. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Are I you? thought you were going to go, like, something easy, like, cookies from 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 walmart that you just <laughs> throw in the oven you're like going in she does the real that's deal. what i'm talking about let's are go are you making anything for thanksgiving i don't know i want to make like a pie my i don't know we never made like an actual pie before like with the dough and yeah. stuff so yeah. i want to do that like that would be fun but we'll see that would be fun. yeah oh my goodness uh but okay Hattie, we're glad to have you and now i want to kind of transition and continue our etiquette training because a lot of you, you know, were coming off of COVID. You were at home for a year and a half, and you just didn't get to be out there in the real world <laughs> like I did growing up. And you didn't get to learn things the hard way. And so we need to train. We just feel this responsibility to train you all. And today we're going to really ask two questions. And we'll, I'll ask them both, and you can choose to answer one or the other or, or both of them. But the first one in the, is if, if you get on a plane— is it appropriate to hit the little button on the armrest and hit the recline in your seat? That's the first one. Is it appropriate to <laughs> recline when you're on a plane? The second one, when you're at Target, when you're at a out and about in a parking lot and you're at a crosswalk and a car pulls up, you always kind of hit that slow jog, kind of half walk, half jogging, and you hit the little hand wave. Is that really what we should be doing at crosswalk? Or should instead, should we just walk like normal people and recognize that this half jog does nothing other than is just fluff? I'll open it up to whoever wants to, to go first. Hattie, you go first. Uh, I don't know. I would say jog on the crosswalk because like you don't want the cars to think that you're like just like, taking your time and they're like being nice to let you go so it's like thanks <laughs> you like, think you need to do it yeah yeah but it's also really awkward at the same time it's like a little yeah. courtesy job yeah and how much time are you actually saving yeah. with and the we, job yeah, it's awkward and we know it we all know both parties know it does nothing yeah <laughs> that's the hard part mm -hmm. the plane uh, how do you feel about the plane don't i wouldn't do that it's like I've had people do that to me before, and it's so annoying. So you're it's yeah. bad etiquette to do yes, that on the plane. Yes, it's bad etiquette. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. They're learning. Even amidst. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you got thoughts? I got my thoughts. I mean, on the plane, I just can't hit the recline, but I, 
do always try to get the window seat so I can just like lean up against mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. my compromise because I'm like, ah, I want to lay down, but I just can't lean back into someone else's yeah. space. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we got to go. We have to blame Boeing and whoever else these other plane makers are because they're the ones making the plane with the recline option on there. I don't even think it should be an option because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you always get in the other person's way. And, you know, when you recline, you know, back on someone, obviously they're not going to be like, hey, can you please not do this? But there's not a single person who's like. I love when someone reclines <laughs> the chair in front of me. So I think it's bad etiquette. Yeah. On the the jogging across the crosswalk, I'm just like, just just walk because you're not really saving that much time. You're not saving that much time. I think my thing, like it's it's what it's for, you know? It's for me to walk across it. <laughs> Hence the name yeah. crosswalk. Yeah. I shouldn't feel hurried <laughs> to do what I, it was made for me to do. You Take know? your time. Give them a little nod yeah. and acknowledgement, yeah. but keep your pace. Like they should be backing up. Oh, <laughs> like, reversing. Anything, yeah, they oh. should give make me feel more the freedom to take my time. Uh, is what I'm thinking. So, oh, that's wow. good. That's well, the yeah. That you heard it here first. There's your etiquette <laughs> training. Wow. So that was all great, great, great stuff. But okay, making a, a hard transition as <laughs> always from these things is, um, Hattie, what, what, tell us what topic you chose. I chose suffering well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suffering well. And then I think we'll, we'll talk a lot today about just trusting God's character mm-hmm. amidst suffering. And, uh, I love this topic. I don't think Anyone has to be very old to realize that this world is a hard place and that mm-hmm. you're going to have hard experiences um, in this world. And so especially for uh, students, high schoolers, I think that is just an age where like, man, things one way or another are probably going to get harder uh, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And so uh, I'm excited just to dive into this topic and talk about suffering and how to suffer well in a way that glorifies God and is still knowing that God's character is good amidst suffering. So let me let me just start by asking you this, Hattie, is how do you think high school students respond to suffering and how does their image or view of God change amidst suffering? What would you say for the average student the answer is to that question? Um, I would say just like out of things I've seen in like my own personal experience that it's just like it's hard like to suffer well and like to trust God because like we can't see what he's doing like one and like it like if it's you know like if it's just hard it's like God why are you doing this and so mm-hmm. that can be hard to like trust God in that and like to be able to respond well in a way like you know like suffering well in that but yeah 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 you mentioned I hear like trusting God and having doubts what what would you say just to get specific like what mm-hmm. What doubts do you think you and high school students have or anyone has whenever we are faced with suffering? Um, Just probably like God's goodness or if he's like, that's one that I've struggled with is like, is he really good? Um, Or does he like care about me if he's like letting things happen that I don't want to happen? Um, Yeah. Or like, is he like, sometimes like, is he really even there? Um, If he, if these things, if he says he loves me, but these hard things are happening, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So I think like, yeah, just to summarize though, like, is God there? Is mm-hmm. he good? Why does God let bad things happen to good people? And 
maybe maybe even for students that do trust God's goodness that are wondering is God may be good, but he's kind of has poor timing. You know, it's like a common one I've heard of just like, yeah, he's good, but his he needs a, a watch and a clock and <laughs> to help me out, you know. And what else, uh, Jermaine, Hannah, as you guys have worked with students, have you guys seen or maybe in your own lives have just seen how you doubted God amidst hard seasons? Yeah, a lot of conversations I've been in, those doubts are really around God's character um, and a misunderstanding or maybe trying to view God through the circumstance versus um, being able to trust who he is. It's truly is, is God good? Um, does he love me? Is he near? Does he see me? Um, are a lot of the things that I hear students and just people talk about when they're questioning um, or walking through a hard season um, and looking for God. It truly is through that circumstance, which kind of like hides their view of mm-hmm. God truly is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what I think of, and as you ask that question is, it's easy for us to decide what defines, what's the definition of good. Um, you know, like a couple of examples from this year, it's like I got into a, um, a really bad car wreck and thankfully I was okay, um, but I could have easily not been okay. And it's easy for me to think, man, how could this be? This was not good that this happened. Or, you know, I was out of town for work and my wife was at home and she had to call 911 for our year and a half um, old son because he was having trouble breathing. And I can easily say there's no way that that was good. And so I think that that's the the tension with this, you know, the, the, the age old question of why does um, God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why does he allow us to suffer? Um, and we think in our minds, like, Hey, if bad things are happening to us, are happening to us, it's because God isn't good or God doesn't care. And I think it goes back to what do we think? How do how do we define what good is? And mm-hmm. I don't think we're we're the ones that determine what good is. Mm-hmm. Um, but often we want to be the ones that determine it because we we want to have control in our lives. Honestly, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so that's all. That's that's really good. And I think question I love asking students when they come on the podcast, Hattie, is just like, why did you choose this topic? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, that's a question I, I want to ask is why did you choose this topic? And then uh, tell us a little bit about just your experience behind this topic. Like, what has that looked like over the last year or so? Yeah. Um, yeah, just like the past, like, so I swim competitively for club and high school. And so, and that's like what I love to do. And Last year, I had, like, a heart procedure done because I had, like, a something wrong. I don't remember what it was called. Something, like, an extra circuit in my heart. So they had to, like, do a short little procedure for it, um, which turned into, like, a month-long, basically a month-long, like, break from swim just because it turned into, like, an ablation thingy. And then after that, like, I was struggling to, like, get back into the swim, like, routine, just, like, getting back in shape and stuff. And... Then my back started hurting, and we couldn't really figure out why, which was confusing and hard. And I was like, okay, like, what's going on? Like, God, I don't know. And so coming into this year, like, my back still was not good. Like, it was hurting, and I had to swim a lot less. Had to miss big meets for club and high school, which was hard. Um, Hard to watch, like, my friends swim, and I'm not swimming. Um, And then, like, from that anxiety kind of, 
like entered my life. It was always kind of there, but like it kind of entered to like a bigger extent, I guess, during that time. Um, and I started going to like a counselor during that, which was like hard to like, can like, I don't know, just hard to like process through that I was like going to a counselor. It was actually nice to be able to talk about it um, with someone, but yeah. And so just like going through all of that was hard and like, still right now, like I'm on a break just for a little bit from my back because it's still bothering me. So that's just been hard, like just a bunch of health stuff, like basically the past year has been hard to go through, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to summarize, I guess over the past year, there's been a lot of health stuff, including injuries and anxiety and that I've taken you away from something you love, which mm-hmm. is swimming. And it hasn't even necessarily been resolved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, uh, thank you for sharing first mm-hmm. of all, Hattie, and just being vulnerable about something that's been yeah. really hard and mm-hmm. defined a lot of your past year. And I think what I love about you being vulnerable with that is it is so relatable. Sports are something that a lot of high schoolers obviously do. And, uh, or there is another hobby that high schoolers love. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I don't know what it could be. It could be band or baking. And it's like, Hey, sometimes losing hobbies are what, uh, can be considered suffering. Like it could be death or disappointment, right. Or mm-hmm. sickness or slander. Like, yeah. um, it could be a lot of things that define suffering. Uh, and so, I really am thankful that you shared something that's been hard for you. Uh, and something I've related, I know people that know me well and maybe have listened to this for a while know that I ran in college and talk about that a lot. And I would say some of the hardest seasons in my life have been coming when I've gotten injured and couldn't do what I loved. And it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Would you guys have anything to add on to that or any experiences of your own that you can think back and? Yeah, I think the thing that comes to my mind as you both are sharing of like the hardships within, you know, athletic um, accomplishments or things that you enjoy or hobbies is when that's taken away, taken away from you for whatever the reason and for however long the season, um, there's the there's the easy um, temptation to start to like find someone to blame and uh, that all that blame like very often, at least for believers, goes on God. Like the reason that this happened is because, you know, God is supposed to be all powerful. He's supposed to be all sovereign and he's supposed to love me and care about me. So why, why is he allowing this to happen? He must not care about me or he must not be good. And it's important to realize that, um, it isn't like God is sitting up in heaven going, I know what I'll do. I'm going to make sure that there's a problem with Hattie's heart or I'm going to make sure that her um, her back hurts or I'm going to make sure that some injury or some brokenness comes into your family. Like um, God isn't necessarily the author of the pain and the suffering that we experience in life. And it can be so easy to, to, to think of him in that way. Um, he allows it. Um, in his sovereignty and for his purposes, he allows um, us to experience the brokenness and the sadness of this world for a very important purpose. But it's really important to distinguish that he's not um, to blame, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. for sure. That's good. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, as you were talking, I just think it is important to like have a proper view of God. And because once we have that proper view of God of like he draws near, he's in it, he cares, he's not trying to write a painful story for you, but rather he is walking it with you. Um, makes me think of first Peter four nineteen where it says, Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Um, and what stands out to me in that is the part about a faithful creator. And it's like we are able to suffer and have um suffer well. Um if we have the correct view of who God is and we entrust ourselves to that good God, um, not a God who is looking um, to make us walk through really hard things, but is looking to conform us to his identity, remind us of truth, um, produce in us um, character that looks like him and produce hope. Um, and our hope isn't in this world, but in him. Yeah. Like even as you were sharing that, that, that brought to my mind a couple of scriptures, um, probably ones that you may have never uh, heard Hey, turn to these verses, but in Psalm 119 verses 67 and 71 kind of echo the point that Hannah was just making. Verse 67 says, before I was afflicted, before I experienced suffering, if you will, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And then verse 71 said, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. And that's a crazy way to think about the suffering that we, in, that we experience, that in some crazy way, God allows um, us to experience suffering so that we can know more of who he is, so that we can know more of um, uh, his love and his plan in our lives and that he specifically uses the most painful moments for that. Like when you, like when any of us like think back on, Hey, when did you grow the most in your life? When did you, uh, you know, uh, progress in your faith the most? Like no one goes, man, it was that time, those couple of months when everything was awesome. The sun was shining, birds were chirping, there were butterflies all around and everything was going good. Like no one looks back on those moments and talks about how they were like formative in their lives. Everyone looks back on, you know, the hard moments, the difficulties, the challenges as the the, the, the points where they mature, the points where they grew. And I just think that we see that clearly in this, in this passage of scripture, like the pain that we've gone through or the pain that we endure, it's good for us in that it's in those moments that we grow the most. If we um, have the right perspective on God and the right perspective on that um, suffering or difficulty, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. So how do you, have, have, as you have looked past back at this last year, where have you seen just amidst the even the hard times and the suffering, where where have you found meaning and where have you grown? And then maybe even two, where have you seen God's goodness just over the course of this past year? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just been like a very it's been really hard, but it's also been like really good, like really like changed my life. I feel like almost like just not finding my identity in swim because that's where I used to find it. Um, but finding it in God because I was taking a break from swim and like that's not, swim is not where my identity is found. Um, so that was something that really helped like to learn that I learned through this time. Um, and just like a forced break, I guess, helped me to be able to like just kind of recover mentally and physically. Just like being able to just focus more on like seeing my counselor and like just in small group and everything. Like I feel like that just 
helped a lot in like being able to build relationships with friends, just being able, because I was able to hang out more, um, which helped in that. Um, and just like being able to encourage like friends and just other people that are struggling like with anxiety. Like I was able to encourage a friend who like kind of went through the same thing I did. And I was like, I wouldn't have been able to do that if this hadn't happened to me. So that's some good I've seen come out of it, which has been encouraging. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that is so good. I think Hattie, that is just such a mature perspective to have. And, and, um, I, I think it's not always helpful if someone is going through suffering, you know, if someone came to me, will like, I'm having a really hard time. It would not be helpful for me to be like, don't worry, God's using this for good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like in those moments, I would want to listen to that person and, uh, empathize with them and then to recognize that this is a really hard season. However, in the back of my mind, I would say to myself, like, I want to follow up with this person mm-hmm. in a year or two and hear how God has worked in their lives during that hard season, because I really do believe that God is going to use all things for good and that mm-hmm. suffering, while I'm sure, Hattie, I'm speaking on your behalf, I'm sure you wish you were still swimming mm-hmm. and had not gotten any health issues over this past year and that life had just stayed the same and been perfect. Um, but I think the reality is like those things did happen and you're right. There were some really good fruits that Mm -hmm. like, I hear you saying you got closer to your parents and friends Mm -hmm. and community and those things, maybe they would have happened maybe not. But, uh, I think it's a really good perspective changer just to look back. Uh, if you've come out of a season or a long period of suffering, just to Mm -hmm. say like, okay, that was really hard. I'm not necessarily saying I would am glad it happened, but there yeah. were some fruits that I would not have wanted to be any different that yeah. came out of that season. Mm-hmm. Would you add anything to that, Annie? Or I, I think you got it. Yeah. yeah. Would you yeah. add anything? I, I, uh, I thought of Second um, Corinthians. I think it is chapter one, um, verses three and four, when Hattie was saying, you know, how because she experienced, you know, the anxiety and this difficulty, she was able to comfort others. Um, Second Corinthians one, three and four, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by God. And I just love that, that picture that God cares so deeply about you, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, whatever the difficulty, God ultimately cares so much about that and the pain and brokenness that he sent his son Jesus to live, to die and raise again, to um, bring you the most lasting comfort there is, uh, mm-hmm. reconcile relationship with him. And he cares about the like, the the specific details of every single one of our lives so much that he wants to offer us comfort and on top of that the comfort that he offers us he wants us to offer that to those around us as well and comfort them in the same way that we've been comforted and so there's just such a um you know, like circle of blessings over and over that comes out of us uh you know, resting in God and experiencing yeah. his comfort in pain, like you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I love how you, you mentioned, Jermaine, about the greatest comfort is being reconciled to his son, because I know you mentioned this at the start of the podcast too, but that comfort doesn't necessarily mean that like you're never going to get injured or 
you know, the sickness is going away because God cares about your comfort. Like he does care about your everyday comfort, but I think you're spot on with, with that, Jermaine, is like there is an eternal comfort that I think God is talking about. And even if you keep reading Second Corinthians chapter 4, it says, because this light momentary aff- affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so I think that is the greatest comfort that we can remind ourselves during suffering, just to say like, this is momentary and this is light compared to the weight of glory that I'm going to receive in eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you were talking, um, it brought Romans 5 to mind as you're talking about comfort and looking forward to something, the eternal weight of glory. And Romans 5 verses 3 through 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And just that idea of the many, many layers um, that suffering has and what it produces in us. And I can think back of many times in my life um, where there's been circumstances or just growing up, a lot of family dynamics that created really painful um, circumstances for me that I look back on now and I see that walking through that and enduring and turning to the Lord and putting my hope in him, that he did produce character within me and that character produced hope. And so in those circumstances, I'm able to look back now and be like, wow, the Lord worked that for good because I love him more now and I am living a life that reflects him because of those circumstances. And I honestly don't think I would if I didn't walk through that, which has totally shifted my perspective on goodness and what that means and taking it away from my definition of like a circumstance and turning to what God would define it as, which is conforming me to look more like him. And so that produces um, a joy. And so that the first part of that verse where it says we rejoice in suffering mm. at the beginning of suffering. It's like, <laughs> how am I ever going to like mm. praise the Lord for the circumstance? But when you see the outcome of that, it is a joy that is produced. And there's a hope that does not put us to shame because even if a circumstance turns out poorly, that's not where our identity is. That's not the, that's not where the end of our life is. Um, we get to move towards eternity and our hope is in that, not something that can shift and that we can lose, but in something that never changes, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Hattie, would you, uh, I know we've mentioned a couple verses mm-hmm. throughout the Bible. Were there any verses, are there any verses that you've read this last year that have just been great reminders for you on this topic? Yeah. Um, I was, as Hannah was saying, that first reminded me of Second Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Um, which says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, and hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Like, that that verse, honestly, was probably, like, my biggest one that really Mm -hmm. helped me. Because just, like, I don't know, it was Paul talking about how, like, God, he pleaded with him, like, please take this away. And like, I plead with God, like, please like help my back get better. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, okay. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to do that right now. Cause I have like a better plan for you, which is like, and like my grace and my power are enough to like help you get through this time. It's like, I feel like that verse just really helped mm. me through it. And like, yeah. then Paul goes on to say how he's like grateful for like 
what is happening to him kind of helps me to be like, okay, even though this is hard, like I can be grateful. And like, I am like right now, I'm grateful that it happened because like, I don't think I would have learned things that I wouldn't have learned things that I did if it hadn't happened. Um, but that verse was just mm -hmm. helpful. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Oh man, Hattie, this has been so good. And I think a podcast that a lot of students will really be encouraged by and just uh, are able to see their suffering in maybe a new way that they haven't before. So uh, thank you for joining. And as we kind of wrap up, are there any any last thoughts or pieces of advice you'd give to someone listening to this? Yeah, I would just say like it's it can be really hard to like trust that he is working it for working hard things for good and just to trust his faithfulness. But like speaking from like experience, like it really is like it brings so much comfort and like he is working it all for good, even when like you can't see it. Um, and he's faithful and he's sovereign over everything that happens and like he's for you. Like he's not wanting to like make bad things happen to you just for fun. Like he does it to like grow you and like for good things in your life. Like Romans eight twenty eight says, um, he works all things for the good of those who love him. But yeah, I'll just say remember those things. But yeah. 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 I love that. And that made me think of um something else that we haven't necessarily shared on this topic. And I think it's important to share. I think as believers, it's easy to, when we view suffering, like it's easy to like figure out, okay, what's the reason that this happened in my life? What's the good sounding, like um, putting God in a good light reason, or like tying a bow on it, if you will, like being like, oh, that's why he allowed this suffering in my life so that, fill in the blank could happen or I could experience this or whatever it might be. And the, the reality is that you might not, you might not mm -hmm. ever, you know, come to a resolution or, or understand it in this life, but there's a promise that we will see everything fully and completely one day with him. And that might not be in this life. And that's okay. Like our faith isn't in the fact that we understand why everything that's ha happened happened to us our faith is in the god who is in complete control yeah so i would just build off of that and say that that is so good and something i realized when i read job germain of the start of job satan goes to god and is like man i bet your boy job would be fake if if you took away all the good things in his life like let me let me test this guy and so he does that, and obviously, if you've read the book of Job, you know he loses his his business, his kids, his, his his whole life. He loses everything, his own health. And then at the end of the very book, we see that God restores all those things to him, uh, even more so than what he had at the beginning. And throughout all of this, you just kind of assume that Job knows. Like, he knows what happened, and at the end, that he knows he got all of his stuff back because he was being rewarded for his faithfulness. But then you start to read it a little more and you're like, God never told him. Like God never told him, hey, the only reason you suffered was because Satan came to me and was like, bet. Like that's the <laughs> only reason that that happened. And we never even find out exactly why God restored like all of his fortune and his family. You can assume that it was because he was faithful, but God never says that. He just yeah. says, I gave things like, I gave more things to him. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, Jermaine, I think, yeah, that is so good. And a good reminder that, hey, 
your suffering will feel meaningless at times. And I would just again remind you like uh, that first Corinthians chapter four, where it calls us to look not to things that are seen, but to things that are unseen, which is eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and to just even add on that a little bit is we are just going to have doubts and fears that creep in, um, but we don't want to sit in that. We should be moving towards um, seeking the Lord and letting those doubts and questions drive us to an answer, not just being like, ah, I don't know. I can't figure it out. So I'm just going to live in the doubt, but run towards the father. And what comes to mind that with that is Hebrews 10, 23, that said, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So holding fast to our confession of salvation, who God is and who we believe him to be and moving towards him and trusting that he is faithful. And a lot of times these circumstances that produce suffering, um, are cultivating us in that heart of believing that the Lord is faithful. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Hattie, Jermaine, Hannah, another great podcast. I enjoyed talking and chatting with all of you. And uh, thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, uh, we'd love it if you'd go leave a review and, and tell us how we're doing. And, um, you know, we're just glad you're listening. <laughs> and, and if you don't like Share it, this podcast with a friend. <laughs> if you don't like it, leave that to yourself. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. We love y'all. Have a great week. Peace. Yeah.